Of all the ways I've heard people describe the effects of the pandemic on those of us with jobs, my favorite has to come from one of our past guests, organizational psychologist David Zweig. COVID was like a Molotov cocktail that blew up the way we work. I love that, not just because it's so vivid, but also just so specific. What happened was genuinely explosive in its effect and existential in its nature. Suddenly, a lot of us were asking questions we'd put off for a long time, partly because we were busy, partly because we were resistant to change, partly because our work cultures made such questions seem indulgent. But for many of us, these are questions about our work that we probably needed to ask. Things like why, how, and of course, where. Before COVID, it was understood that most of us would work in an office. During COVID, we worked at home because, well, we had no choice. And now lots of words are being written and hands are being wrung over where do we go from here? As we've said before on the podcast, we're looking at three basic choices. Go back to the office, never return and stay remote, or split the difference and go hybrid. Now, we've heard from experts on the merits of each, but we wanted to go one step further and find out what those three working models actually look like in practice. So for the next two episodes, we're doing something a little different. We've reached out to real people at real companies, each of whom have embraced one of our three basic working models. And essentially, we asked them why. Why did they choose that one? And how's it going? And more importantly, are they going to stay with it for the future? You do get to choose your environment that you're a part of. Now, we're actually more close as a team and we understand each other's strengths better because of the type of processes and how we work together than we did before. I think what is dangerous is that there is a trend that is just about oversimplification of that process. Exactly the same work can be performed in office and at home, and I really don't think that's accurate. In this episode, part one of our two-part series, what I'll call our post-Molotov cocktail world, you're going to hear from Stephanie Harper, partner and director at Moniker, a formerly Toronto company that's gone entirely remote, and Jonathan Ben-Samoon, founder and CEO of Brooklyn-based Phi, a company that's discovered the best way for its people to work is together in one place. Stephanie and Jonathan join us at The Nexus. Stephanie, tell us what Moniker does. Prior to the pandemic, our main core focus was in the travel space. And we were bringing predominantly remote companies from all around the world into different places. We organize the hotels, the activities, and really create a unique experience for these employees to enjoy. We do virtual murder mysteries, virtual online games. And with travel coming back, we are starting to offer back our retreats in addition to our virtual games and activities that we offer. Your team is now fully remote. Is that my understanding? Yeah. So we started out the pandemic, like many companies, with a office in Toronto. And then during the pandemic, we actually moved to being completely remote. Some of my colleagues bought houses. We moved outside of the city. I'm personally in Antigua, Guatemala at the moment. But most of us are based in Canada from the West Coast to the East Coast. And can I assume that your teams love this decision? Ultimately, we had to determine if we wanted to re-up our lease. So we pulled the team and we asked them what they wanted going forward. We had people that had bought houses that had really started to create a life around the fact that we were remote and people were happier in that context. 
we had a lot of processes that we built during the pandemic, especially with the new virtual games that we were creating that were, in essence, all to be virtual. Ultimately, we decided to go completely remote. What do your team members feel they've gained as a result of going fully remote? The first answer that comes to mind is the flexibility of it. None of us are looking at a commute of an hour or two hours to get into the office. Now that time goes into our own personal time. For me, being outside the country and wanting to learn another language, I spend two hours a day learning Spanish. But I know my other colleagues have taken that time to learn new skills or spend more time with their family or their friends. Being in a remote environment forces you to be more brief, direct, but also more intentional or better communication. I think ultimately during the pandemic and now, we're actually more close as a team and we understand each other's strengths better because of the type of processes and how we work together than we did before. The flip side of that, of course, is what, if anything, do you think you might be losing as a result of going fully remote? I think that the idea of working only from home is somewhat antiquated in the sense that you can choose your environment. For me, I choose to go into a co-working space. I'm currently traveling with a group of people that I'm rooming with, so I have that kind of connection in that sense. For a lot of companies, that's something that you're losing with your colleagues. But on the flip side of that, be it that we're a culture company that do virtual games. For us, we do weekly huddles on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, where we all get together and we talk about our wins, our losses. We also do bi-weekly games where one of our colleagues takes charge of that and they run it. Today, we're actually doing a bar class with smoothies that we're gonna make afterwards. So you can make it really fun. And we run our own company retreats because we're a company retreat company. For this year, we're going to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico, but past retreats have included Morocco. So there are opportunities for you to kind of find ways to really create an advantage and bring people together. I would imagine that by virtue of what your business is, having a fully remote team all over the world kind of leans into the culture, perhaps offers a little bit of brand lift. Have you seen that? We have a little pug that goes traveling around the world. And I've taken him to different spots in Latin America because that's where I'm traveling. And I think it does really walk the talk of what we do, that you can work remotely, but you can bring people together and still feel really close with your colleagues. Sure, we only have 13 people in our company, but the companies that we work with have hundreds and they walk away from their retreats feeling so much closer to their colleagues. And that's something that can transcend six months to a year until they see everyone together again. Overall, it does speak to the fact that we are really passionate about what we do and that it really does have an impact on the companies that we work with. What would you say to those companies who say, well, it's easy for you and perhaps in some ways beneficial for you from a marketing perspective, but you lose that collaboration or the innovation that emerges from that collaboration as a result? What would you say to those people? For us, we have our smaller groups and we do try to bring in everyone and their opinions, but sometimes you do have smaller silos. And so you might be missing out on kind of the larger collaboration when you are working remotely. But as I said before, I think it is about being more intentional with your communication. The idea that you can just take everything from the office and take it into a remote setting, you have to recognize that there's gonna have to be different processes in place in order to make that work. And for us, it's about utilizing different apps and online functions in order to allow that to work for us. 
as a company. We've never saw that as a hindrance. It was more as an opportunity for us to really build out our processes to being a remote company and creating things online that we would have never done in person. Stephanie, I'm taking your point that remote employees, at least the ones at Moniker, are happier employees, yes? Yes, I think overall we are happier in the sense that some of my colleagues have been really able to create the life that they want and aren't tied to a really expensive city or somewhere that they don't particularly want to live. And for myself, I've been able to travel and work and meet with other colleagues as well as other people that are wanting to live that kind of lifestyle. And I think that that's truly a unique opportunity. Stephanie, what you and Monica are doing is fascinating, both in terms of what you do for clients and how you're working remotely. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Yeah, definitely. Jonathan, I want to thank you for making the time to chat. Thanks for inviting me. Talk to me a little bit about what your company does. We're building a smart collar for dogs. So the main feature of the collar is that it's a GPS cellular tracking device. So if your dog escapes a certain area that you've defined as a safe zone, you get a notification. And then if your dog is out of there, the, the collar will start powering the GPS and cellular chip and actually tracking your dog remotely. We build layers and layers of insights on top of the data we collect so that we can provide better service for the dog parents. The reason we want to talk to you, Jonathan, it sounds like your teams are sort of leaning towards a return to office model. And I'd love to hear from you as to why perhaps that particular return to office model may work for you in a way that a hybrid or remote work model may not. For us, there is a lot of divergent thinking and creative work that happens in what we're doing every day that is just not the same through Zoom. If you're an engineer, a product manager, and a designer around the screen, and you're trying to come up with the best interface to build something, I guarantee you that you're better off just sitting the three of you behind a screen and making changes as you go and try things visually than doing it on Zoom. It's very hard. And the thing that is even more flagrant is that the new hires are completely strangers to the organization. So people who were hired before the pandemic who started to work remote, they have this personal relationship with other people on the team that they can kind of like maintain through these Zoom meetings, right? But when you have a new hire, someone you have actually never met in person and that you're only interacting with through this phone call, there is like zero personal relationship integrated in your work with that person every day. And we just think it's highly detrimental to the quality of the work we're doing here. To put it simply, there is levels of creativity and innovation and knowledge transfer that you lose when you're fully remote. And technology hasn't advanced to that place where you could recapture it in the same way if you were all working apart. Is, is, that's pretty much your position, right? Yeah, that's correct. Given the level of collaboration that happens, there's a compelling argument for being face-to-face -face like that. I'm wondering, how has this particular model, is it embraced by your employees? Like, how are your teams reacting to the idea of returning to office? I know it's controversial in some companies, but here people were mostly eager to come back into the office. We have a great culture and people like each other. Maybe it's because we have a bunch of dogs around and he helps people just like each other. But yeah, most of the people on the team were, as soon as they felt comfortable with the safety aspect of it, they were all eager to come back. I mean, most of them were doing stir crazy at home. Is there anyone else that's still outside the office or? 
So we did some hires during the pandemic that were remote and we did it on purpose because these people had a very specific set of skills and were like, hey, we really want these people on board. And these people obviously are not required to come into the office. From the beginning, the contract with them or that they would be working from home. I will confess that there's been some advantages for me as a parent in being able to work from home. Have you seen the similar attitudes among some of your parents who work for you? I think it's a work, personal life balance kind of conversation. And that conversation should have happened before the pandemic. I think one is like, how do we perform the best work when we're at work? The second is, how do you balance the time you spend at work versus the time you spend with your family? And those two conversations are very healthy. They shouldn't be, you know, in opposition with each other. I'm wondering if, you know, in this new paradigm coming out of the pandemic, you're concerned at all about either A, losing employees who decide that they wish to work more remotely or B, perhaps even limiting your talent pool because now you're confined to people who can only get to the office. Hiring and losing employees is part of the life cycle of a company. A lot of people went through a very emotional time during COVID and made very different life-altering decisions. And so if FI is not the best place for them to be happy and realize I'll be fully supportive. I deeply care about every person we hire here. And if FI is not the right place for them anymore, it's totally fine. We're moving away from the idea that to be productive, it requires you that you be in an office. I'm wondering, how do you feel about our movement away from that coming out of this pandemic? I think we're moving away from the notion that all work has to be performed in office all the time. And I think that's a healthy thing that we challenge that, even though there are some underlying exceptions to that on day by day, right? It's fair and honest that there is a conversation that is how do we design a framework that is resulting in the company to provide the best quality of work and output. I think what's key is to really think about what are the different activities happening in your operations. I think what is dangerous and what I said publicly before is that I think there is a trend that is just about oversimplification of that process. That is just like exactly the same work can be performed in office and at home. And I really don't think that's accurate. These are very different environments where you can perform at a high level of quality, very different tasks. And refusing to recognize that is just putting a lens on the problem that is as blind as the original position, which was if you're not in the office, you're not working. On the next episode of The Nexus. Hybrid is the messy middle of work paradigms. That's Helen Cup, who works at Slack, a company that has not only embraced a hybrid work model, but has been studying hybrid working for quite a while now. Helen is going to tell us why, despite all its complexities, hybrid working is going to be the way of our indefinite future. In the meantime, if you're pondering a change to how your people approach working, and in particular where they do it, then maybe Nexus can help. Throughout the pandemic and beyond, Nexus has been helping clients adapt to new working conditions, and we can do the same for you. Find us at nexuscommunications.com. That's N-E-X-U-S communications.com. The Nexus is produced by Alexa Paveo and Mertz Jaffer with editing and sound design by Jeff Littlejohn. I'm Chris Nelson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>